Early spring rain lashed against the window panes next to Alec's chair and drummed on the inn's roof slates overhead. With a fire crackling on the hearth, a good supper just dispatched, and an interesting tome borrowed from the Areska House library open on his lap, Alec was looking forward to a peaceful evening. His companion, however, had other ideas. Sprawled in a pile of cushions in front of the fire, Saragil had thumbed through a succession of apparently uninteresting letters, discarded several books, and now lay staring up at the ceiling and whistling a sad tune softly and rather annoyingly through his teeth. Alec guessed he was composing some new song as he maddeningly kept repeating phrases and tapping time against the ash shovel with one bare foot. Even Ruetha and her kittens had lost patience with him and had retreated to their basket in the corner. But as distracting as it was, and as melancholy as the tune sounded, Alec felt a certain amount of relief, too. It had been difficult for both of them, losing more people they cared about, Myricia, Lady Kyleth, Duke Malthus, the previous year. They'd nearly lost Mikem Cavish's daughter Ilya as well. Alec had felt the losses deeply, but Saragil was always one to hang on to pain, tinged as it was with guilt. This was the first time Saragil had shown any interest in composing in months, so the interruption was almost welcome, even if it did mean Alec wasn't going to get any reading done. He closed his book. That's a pretty tune you're working on. Play it for me? Saragil glanced up at the Arnfe harp hanging on the wall. It's not done yet. So play me what you have. Saragil cast him a sidelong glance. I'm annoying you. Just a little. With an apologetic half-smile, Saragil marshaled his long limbs and resurrected himself from his nest. Taking the harp down, he plucked at the strings, tuned them a little, then played a few bars of what sounded like a lament. The melancholy tune, together with Saragil's overall restlessness, were familiar weather signs. Hoping to lighten his lover's mood, Alec said, You know, you once promised me you'd never say it again. I haven't said a thing in the past hour, Saragil said, brows arching over sea-gray eyes. Alec snorted softly. And we haven't accepted a nightrunner job in nearly a month. There haven't been any worth our time. They're all so... Saragil threw up his hands in exasperation. Go on then, just say it. Boring! Saragil hung the harp back on its hook and faced Alec with his hands on his hips. If I have to deliver one more love token or look for any more compromising letters, I'm going to hang myself. We spend time at court. Yes, we do. And as much as I care for our young queen, I've made about as much polite chit-chat as I'm capable of. Alec couldn't argue that point. It had been a long, hard winter, burying Rimini in treacherous slush and ice that had curtailed riding and outdoor shooting. The last hunt had been just after morning night. They were relative newcomers in the royal inner circle, and favorites of Queen Ilani, despite their lowly rank. So naturally, they were despised by a good many of the more established members of the entourage. Saragil won so consistently at the bakshi table, and Alec so consistently defeated other would-be archers, soft-handed nobles who'd never had to shoot true or else starve, that few would take them on anymore. Some had taken to calling them the queen's lapdogs behind their backs. Their detractors might have had a great deal more to say if they could see them now, lounging in their hidden rooms at the Stag and Otter in decidedly unfashionable Blue Fish Street behind the Harvest Market. Saragil secretly owned the place, 
and it was their true home and refuge from the endless round of social obligations their public reputations demanded. Entertaining at the Wheel Street Villa, attending salons of their remaining friends, evenings at the Oreska House with Thero and Magiana, the requisite keeping up with the latest fashions via their tailors and jewelers. With the end of the war a year and a half earlier, luxuries were once more abundant, and the black market dealers were going hungry. Many people still decried the state of theater, since Master Atri and his marvelous company had abruptly disappeared near the war's end. The Golden Crane stood empty, but the other companies around the city were still suffering by comparison. Well, what do you want to do? asked Alec. Get out of the damn city! Then let's go out to Watermead. We haven't seen Micam and the family in ages.